What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 51 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, of course, Kyle Roscoe, and welcome in, everyone. We have a fantastic show for you guys today as we're going to cover the Breeders' Cup of Claiming Horses, as as they call it, the Fairgrounds Claiming Crown Late Pick 5 on Saturday, December 2nd. Again, thank you all so much for joining in today as we're going to have a good one for you real quick of course you know the drill we're going to run through a bunch of peripherals um for the first few minutes and then we're going to get right into the handicapping so tomorrow the next the next show on this uh podcast will be uh tomorrow the next live show will be tomorrow i'll talk about that in a second at 7 30 p.m eastern time where powered pete and paul will be covering the cigar mile and the late pick five over at aqueduct on saturday you guys don't want to miss that one as that's a very very good card in new york but i said next live show that right after this show of betting and boozing howard and matt miller will be talking about the podcast and the 2024 kentucky derby in a very special video coming to you guys again right after this podcast ends howard will post both this on youtube and that video so please stick around and go watch that watch uh hhh racing podcast double header tonight again coward kravitz and matt miller are going to talk about uh the podcast and the 2024 kentucky derby very early look um right after this goes live so thank you guys all so much and while you're down there please go hit subscribe and hit the like button it really helps us out as it not only brings you back to more podcasts on this channel but it pushes out this to many other more people through the YouTube algorithm to hopefully get them to come over to the HHH Racing Podcast as well. Again, like and subscribe and comment your opinions below. If you're not if you're not watching this live, please comment your opinions below the video player. I we, I and all my co-hosts respond to every single one below. So we would much appreciate if you guys did that. Uh, if you're an audio listener, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchors, where you'll find not only every episode of Betting and Boozing, but every single episode that goes up on the HHH Racing Podcast channel, all audio, all the time. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, and the HHH Racing Podcast Power Picks, guys. Still extremely affordable, still extremely profitable. Out of 450, I checked today, um, and actually not updating for this week, but out of 456 total picks over the last two years we are still over the positive mark we're 2019 cents roi all time two dollars and 59 cents in 2000 in 2022 and the average is a dollar 60 for the average horse player so guys if you're not in on the horse on the ajjh racing podcast power picks you guys are missing out that's through patreon link is also in the description patreon.com slash hhh racing podcast and it only comes out to four dollars a month Two full cards of all the picks, all the analysis you need for only $4 in a weekend. You're not even getting that when you get tip sheets at the track, guys. And they're even more expensive than $4. Get on the HHH Racing Podcast Power Picks. And, of course, if you want to see previous editions so you know what you're getting into, or want to find out anything about us, HHHRacingPodcast.com is always there for you guys. But, guys, we're going to get right into it here, and I'm going to bring on my co-hosts. And like I said, we're covering the late pick five at Fairgrounds. That starts in race number seven. But before that, like I said, i got to bring on a few people to help me. From New Jersey, Patrick Kunsel, and from um, UK, but now known as West Coast Bias, Noah Maher. Noah, Patrick, what's going on, guys? Not that much. Glad to be back. I know. We've been missing you, and all the fans have been missing you in the chat. (laughs) <laughs> Noah, big win yesterday, huh? 
Oh yeah. Uh, Rupp was buzzing. Uh, I will say if we shoot like that against anybody, we're not going to get beat. <laughs> well, you said, I mean, no, I won't, I won't say that. You had a good win yesterday. You got to keep riding the high. We can't be looking backwards. You always got to look forwards, but obviously he's got the UK Jersey on. Wouldn't have anything else on, but we're going a little bit of festive here, guys. We've got Christmas season now upon us and obviously all the holiday season. So happy holidays to whichever you celebrate. But after Thanksgiving, that's when it's go time. As you saw the bottom of the screen there, the being the border we have was filled with the Santa hats. So, you know, like I said, we try to get as much festivity in here as we can. But for those of you that don't know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the claiming crown before we get in here. For those of you that don't know what it is. So it's basically um, what I guess at the beginning of the show, it's the Breeders' Cup for claiming horses. All of these races will be designated as starter allowance races, but they're all have extremely elevated purses. Everyone's trying to get a share of $1 million for today for this day at fairgrounds. But the caveat is in either 2022 or 2023, these horses had to start for a claiming price of $25,000 or lower. And that could be at any point throughout either the 2022 or 2023 season. But that's what gets them designated in for these claiming crown races. Just a little bit of background for you guys that might not be too familiar with the claiming crown, but you see starter allowance, you see even see starter allowance, 8,000, 20,000, 25,000, but these purses are for a minimum 75,000, all capped off by race number 10 on the card, which is the uh, the claiming crown jewel for $200,000, guys. So again, for those, just a little bit of background for those of you that don't know too much about the claiming crown, again, they have to they have to have started in the past year at a price of $25,000, or lower but guys we're going to get into some comments here speed of the horse i see you're here thanks so much for joining the show greatly appreciate steven vanderbrook absolutely my friend good evening you all smash that like button everybody again 13 likes we got a lot of we got some decent people watching in here so please smash that like button if you haven't already katie is here of course what's going on let's get some wins absolutely sean kane smoggy uh, let's see who else is in here. Thomas Spinoza is here, of course. Michael Austin. I would love to put in a claim for something because this is the, you know, you bring, you claim a horse, you bring him for 200K and you end up winning the claiming crown. That's what it's all about. And of course, the aforementioned Matt Miller, who's going in a, uh, the show after this show goes live is here. What's going on, Matt? Thanks so much for joining the show. But guys, like I said, we're not going to waste too much time. We're going to go right into it. The late pick five for the claiming crown starts in race number seven. So it comes into four claiming crown races as well as a Louisiana bread allowance and two L of in the last race, race 11. But this is a starter allowance. Again, it's all designated starter allowances due to the fact that they need to write in these conditions for these claiming horses, but it is for $150,000 going five and a half furlongs on the turf draws a full field of 12 including two also eligibles all the way to the outside morning line favorite being number two mischievous rogue for luan machado and william cohen's and then the other two choices are shared by bring me a check for patrick reynolds and jareth loveberry and shiver me timber or shimmer me timbers excuse me for flanken arietta and robert diodoro as i switch over to the picks right now guys we'll get her going and there is an odd man out. Patrick and I are both going with the number two mischievous rogue. But I have in second, Noah, and I'm also interested in a fantastically named horse. For those of you that know, you do know Tilted Towers 
for oh, Arlington legend Chris Amy and Brittany Vandenberg. Noah, what would you like most about Fortnite's greatest tilted towers? Uh, if you're asking, no, that is not the reason that I picked this horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but you, uh, you know, tilted towers is the horse uh, itself has been around for a while. Uh, because I go, because I know my California shit, and I'm West Coast biased for a reason. I know that this horse was with Peter Miller at one point. Um, but you look at the uh, uh, just the turf races that uh, the horses run. Uh, you go back to J- July 21st at Ellis, uh, set off the pace and and got a 90 buyer going five and a half. Uh, and then you look at the Kentucky Downs race where it looked like he had a lot of trouble, um, and it looked like Vandenberg uh, tried to get him back on the turf at Churchill. Uh, didn't end up working out, uh, won the race anyways. Uh, so I'm just kind of, you know, looking at that, at that turf form kind of keying in on that. I feel like there's a lot of speed in this race. So I feel like, you know, the style that tilted towers has can, can get it done in here. I cannot, I could not agree with you more. Obviously I'm very interested in tilted towers. I have him in second, a seven year old again, claimed at Turfway last, um, we talk about it last, um, December, for $18,000 from Mike Maker and it gets into Brittany Vandenberg's care and it's just been climbing up the ranks and winning at these types of ranks. You could see as Noah keyed on this 90 buyer right here at Ellis Park is exactly what she was been she's been looking for. I'd say like like you said tried to get him back on the turf, didn't get to but ran ran extremely well on the dirt and then let next time out he fit in this starter allowance might as well get in, see if he can run well on dirt again, just didn't have the chance. So I think getting back to the turf is exactly what tilted towers wants. Um, Patrick, you don't have this horse anywhere, but Noah has the number two mischievous rogue in second. Look, the very obvious of what's going to be the morning line or what is the morning line favorite. It's going to probably be the post time favorite four straight uh, 90 buyers. The, um, the tactics fit as well, Patrick, um, anything else, of course, you want to key in on, but that's kind of the, where I was looking. Yeah, same thing. Consistency. Um, you know, I I, I prefer the speed in uh, turf sprints, and I, you know, Mischievous Rogue has that. Um, you know, could this uh, pace break down? I'm sure it could in a way, but I, I just the way this horse, the form that this horse is in right now, I, I'll take my chances. Um, and you know, I look at the um, the last two races; those are two. I'd say races that are better than this one. So this is yeah. a little bit of a step down. So I, I prefer the two in this spot. And that's the thing, right? Is when you look at the horses, I mean, we look at races like the claiming crown, you know, these horses are running that are running in allowances at like Keeneland and stuff like that. These races could honestly just have better fields or those races could have better yeah. fields than what's in here. Just because you have to fit that, um, that condition right is these yeah. horses have to run for that low amount of money and again they could have easily improved such a, or improved a lot such as with this horse mischievous rogue but you know we can talk about it all the time but these running lines with mischievous rogue is very very formidable and i'm very keen on him to just sit off the pace where at fairgrounds there hasn't been a whole lot of turf um a lot of turf sprints run these past few um these past few weekends, I believe it's only in the five. By the way, shout out to my good uh, good man, Ryan Pip on Twitter. He does a fantastic job of covering these um, the track and way it's playing. So shout out to Ryan Pip on Twitter. But they haven't run too many turf sprints. Um, so you kind of don't know where they want to be on the track. But I love the fact that this horse is going to be stalking what seems like on paper to be a lot of speed. 
Patrick, I'm going to let you fill out here because you have the number seven, who I have in third. I'll let you talk about anything you want, and then obviously you have the number 11 in third. Yeah, bring me the check, uh, you know, New York horse uh, for uh, Pat Reynolds. Uh, you know, this horse, you know, I'm probably going to say it a lot that I has faced tougher competition, has run fairly well, um, you know, last out. Not sure the horse had much of an excuse, but I just think in a spot that seems to be a little bit softer, um, you know, bring me a check, ships in, and uh, has a decent shot. Um, and then the 11, um, Cotton, uh, for Safi Joseph, you know, this is kind of a, you know, a hunch play, just, you know, off the claim. Uh, Safi's always good. Um, and especially at a price, I like to include these horses. So I'll, I'll just play Cotton underneath, but, um, you know, you also look, this horse was even money the last two times. Actually, geez, favorite last four times out yep. um, is two for four in that spot. So I, I think this horse could fit in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that 93 buyer easily fits. Obviously going to have to cover from that outside post with a lot of yeah. speed to his inside. But that if he, I mean, runs anywhere near those 93s, that easily fits in a spot like this, barring a good trip, which he got. In basically all of those races. Noah, you have the last say here. You have the two mischievous rogue, but then you have Shimmer Me Timbers in third as well. Fill out anything you want to do before we move on. Yeah, um, for my top spot, I was definitely in between the two and the four. Um, with Mischievous Rogue, uh, I kind of thought he hung a little bit last time. It looked like he kind of got the perfect setup and just yeah, kind of couldn't go by. Um, so, you know, I, I assume this horse is going to take money. I would maybe think, you know, two to one, nine to five. Uh, which is, you know, I would much rather take Tilted Towers at, you know, seven, yep. eight to one rather than Mischievous Rogue. And then I've got uh, Shimmer Me Timbers uh, in third, uh, who's actually Calbred, uh, off the claim for Diodoro, uh, claims Classic. for 40, and then throws him into a, a race for 150 uh, purse-wise. Uh, but the last race uh, was a little bit of a, like a, a they call it like a zigzag, uh, where he was, you know, up in a hot pace and then he kind of floated back and then passed the leader uh but you know did a lot of the dirty work and and just got caught uh but the you know diodoro 22 percent off the claim and he and he brings arietta a guy who's you know very familiar with his horses uh and diodoro himself hasn't he hasn't done you know too bad uh i shout out kyle for helping me with these stats <laughs> uh diodoro three for 29 shipping to fairgrounds the last five years and nine in the money so you know, one that's got speed, uh, but, you know, with a lot in here, maybe not for the win end, but, you know, can certainly run in the money. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, um, you know, a lot of these horses, a lot of these trainers are actually coming for the claiming crown, don't usually run their horses at fairgrounds. So if you like to play more local connections, of course, take a look at um, which horses you like and obviously cross-reference them with how they run here at Form Formulator. Again, not sponsored, but um, we all use Formulator, and it's a fantastic tool to use. But I'm going 247, Noah's going 423, and Patrick's going 2711. Guys, we're going to switch over the PPs right now and go to race number eight. And this is back to the dirt here. Six furlongs sprinting on the dirt. Shows a full field of 11 there with um, even an Illinois bread jumps in the mix. And I always love to see when that comes through. But morning line favorite is going to be the number nine, like a salt shaker. Again, Amy Vandenberg, um, for those of you that are familiar with the Chicago circuits, you know that that duo is always deadly and is always going to take money. And like a salt shaker has been running lights 
out. The second choice is number eight, Solidify for Navas and Juan Cano. And third choice is shared between the number two and the number three, Pure Panic and All West. Guys, going to switch over the picks right now. And actually, Noah, very astute, my friend. I like it a lot. But Patrick, you are going with the number nine, like a salt shaker. And since you are eating chalk, you get to go first. Wow, this is a first. Um, you, know, uh, you know, like a salt shaker. Um, it, this, I, I always just like, you know, I don't like betting horses that are going to be 9-5 morning line, but I, I just think the, the speed of this horse um, in this spot um, should play really effective. Um, and, and the horse, you know, seems to win at the wire too in a couple races where, you know, one by a head and stuff like that, uh, you know, I was trying to go elsewhere. Um, you know, the, I, I like the five underneath a little bit and the eight solidify. I, I just, I don't know. doesn't, doesn't really do it for me. I just think the figures that the nine is shown recently are pretty much better than the bet, you know, most in this spot. So I'm going to stick with the nine and then um, I'll let you guys hit on the eight. Oh no, easily. The numbers are the most formidable out of anyone. I mean, straight back 92, 94, 95s all running at this type of um at this type of you know condition the starter allowance condition as you see this horse was claimed back in may from te- for 10,000 from Cipriano Contreras another very good trainer in his own right but since coming to Brittany has just really accelerated i think she's just spotted him really easily the one thing i will say no one then i'll move on to you to talk about our top pick um is the way the track's been playing um, you are much more likely to find a wire winner um, going six than five and a half, which is this race is, of course, at six. Five, close, uh, all five of the early winning runners, again, shout out Ryan Pip on Twitter. If you don't follow him, go follow him. All five wire-to-wire winners have come at the six for a long distance, and five of the 11 closers so far sprinting have come at five and a half for a long distance. But again, you can, you can kind of get into the weeds there. Closers have had their way so far sprinting on the dirt this year. But, I mean, if a horse like like the Salt Shaker gets out by himself, which doesn't look like on paper, but we've seen dumber things happen before. If he gets out by himself on the lead, could easily run back to any of those numbers. But, Noah, we're going somewhere different. We're going to number eight, solidify. And for me, it was going back basically exactly what I just said with the closers kind of having their way. Yeah, this is another race where there's a lot of speed. Um, when you look at like a salt shaker, uh, a horse that's very fast, but I, I see a lot of blue numbers. Um, so that's a concern for me, uh, definitely at the price. So I, I went with Solidify. I just think he's the best closer and, and he's probably going to get the setup. Um, uh, has run, you know, some some pretty decent numbers, popped an 89-3 back at Keeneland um, and beat, uh, you know, uh, a horse or two in this field. Um, and then the thing for me was, you know, uh, unfortunately novice, uh, he's not getting the weight break anymore. Uh, but just a guy that's, you know, familiar with a horse, um, and Juan Cano also owns, uh, so just one that, you know, there's going to be a lot of speed and, and maybe they can set it up for him. I mean, you're my words. Exactly. You know, it's just, it looks like the trip really sets up for him. The fact that the track fairgrounds has always played well to closers, no matter where on the dirt, just because of their, they have an extremely long stretch, both obviously turf and dirt, but um, the way, and it's carried over to the beginning of these years, this year. So a race where it shows a lot of speed 
and the fact that this horse is either going to sit second flight or maybe even just behind them. And I like that he's outside just being able to be able to stalk and pounce would be a way to an easy way to win this race for solidify. Of course, if he is good enough, um, still running well at seven years old, probably running the best of his life. Um, and then no, I'll let you touch on the three here and Patrick, I'll let you finish up and we'll move on. Number three, all West for Chris Hartman um, also entered in the, um, in the jewel, the claiming crown jewel, the, uh, the 10th race. So keep in mind where, you know, obviously keep your eyes on which race he runs in fits kind of in both spots. I would argue more in here. Now, though. Yeah, I would as well. Um, another horse, um, that should be kind of coming late and, uh, some blue numbers, uh, that you've seen that he's, you know, tried to close into, um, you can look, you, you kind of look back and some of his better races, you know, running 85s and 86s were here at fairgrounds. Yep. Um, and then it shows it up in the top, right. You see the horses, you know, two wins, two seconds and, and four starts. Uh, you know, the one concern uh, as to why I didn't put this horse higher uh, was Chris, Chris Hartman hasn't, you know, had a winner at the meet and Mitchell Murrow hasn't as well. So when you kind of see those goose eggs, uh, you know, you, you don't have a ton of confidence, um, but one again with the speed that can maybe set it up uh, second off uh, should be pretty fit. Yeah. And like I said, you know, he's just got to get back to those 80, um, 86 is maybe improve on a little bit. looks a little slow numbers wise, but could certainly improve. And obviously Mitch knows this horse really well. And he's, he rides a lot for Hartman. So that's why he takes the call again, Patrick finish up here. My friend, you have the number five started from a bot started from the bottom now we hear, um, you know, I have the horse in third. You have the horse in second. I had to do that. I mean, what do you know? I know, but I, I was going to say, I, I'd like to get the boss on and have him say that because didn't we have something? <laughs> what, what was the horse's name? What was the horse name last week that we had that we had to explain? Oh, uh, oh yeah. I'll, I'll let you think about way. it. Yeah, I got um, it. Hold on. The, the, um, you know, the five in this spot, I just, I, I'm going to cross a line through that last race. Um, you know, th- had a rough trip, you know, in a, um, a field that the horse was favored. Um, so I, I just think if that horse can revert back to, <laughs> can revert back to, um, it's mid 80 buyers could fit in this spot. Um, tactically, I don't know about the speed. I feel like this horse is going to want to go and is going to have to deal with more speed, but I think at this price, I'll, uh, I'll take a chance underneath at least. Like I said, I completely agree with you. I think this horse actually runs much better the last time out in the Ohio in the Ohio sprint of course at Mountaineer has a has a month off looks so if he runs near that race again obviously has to quicken up a little bit but if it is able to um upgrade from that 78 I know it's in state bread uh state bread company uh this horse is Ohio bred but could definitely take a step up and come running late for a piece so no I mean Patrick I completely agree with you I'm going 895 Noah's going 893 and Patrick's going 958. Guys, switching over to race number nine here. Again, starter allowance 25,000, but for 150,000, this one is going long on the turf, draws a full field of 12 again, all running for this money. And old man grandpa is back again. Favorite number 11, therapist <laughs> for Florence Giroux and Mike Maker at nine to five. Second choice will be the number nine, Ocelot for Corey Lannery and Carl Broberg. And Racecraft, Ricardo Santana, and Maker, third choice at five to one. Guys, switching over the picks right now, and you'll see 
Only me actually is going with the number nine, I believe, if these picks are correct. I had Charlie's name still in there for some reason. So I'm going with the number nine. I'm the only one that has the nine anywhere. Interesting. But uh, Noah's going to number six, Tatanka at 10 to one. And Patrick's going to number eight, fun name, Tiberius Mercurius for Raylu and Maker at six to one. Maker is four in here, guys. And obviously, and we have. Most of them, if not all of them, covered. Take them out of a hat. Well, I yep. think I have all three covered. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, obviously, the morning light favorite is Therapist, who is on a lot of our tickets, everyone except for Noah. I'll talk about why I like him the most. But, Noah, I'll start with you here. I mean, look, you're going double digits, my friend. Number six, Tatanka, Jimmy, uh, James Graham, and Mike Maker. Yeah, when I you know, first took a look at this race, uh, I thought it was a, you know, a really weird weird race uh you got you got therapist the old gramps uh <laughs> who's you know doing something that he is not necessarily great at i mean he's one for 14 um going this distance um so you know i i i kind of you know was looking other directions and i i landed on tatanka uh even though i have him on top um as you'll see <laughs> As you'll see later, he's definitely won uh, for the uh, infamous, you know, reverse key try. Uh, and uh, and uh, since you know Charlie's not with us, I'll 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 uh, you know. Yeah, and you know uh, why he isn't here, right? No, there's I don't. one easy. There's one a last Saturday example of why he's not here. I mean, Ohio State ring a bell? Anyone? Oh, no? oh, oh, I see. Jesus, a lot of smart people in here tonight. A lot of yappers. <laughs> I was going to I was going to say I was going to ramble on the six about him just to, you know, show my respect. Uh, well, on, he, honestly, he has a final, which is why he's not here, which is a much better excuse. But of course, I'm going to rip into him. And <laughs> this week couldn't get here. worse from finals. Ohio State losing. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> but anyway, oh. no, sorry to interrupt you. Continue. Yeah, no. What I was going to say was uh, you look at the last race and, you know, he completely stopped. Um but you you look further into the race. It was a very good field. Uh, the winner came back and ran fourth in the Sycamore at Keeneland. Um, second place finisher Yamato uh, came back and won the Japan Turf Cup Stakes at Laurel. Uh, the third place finisher English Tavern came back and won an optional eighty at Churchill. Yep. Uh, fourth place finisher came back and ran a second in an optional eighty at Churchill, and then the sixth place finisher came back won a sixty two five claimer at Churchill. Um, yeah. So. Mike, uh, Mike Maker, you know, we always talk about, you know, he gets these, you know, longer horses on turf. Uh, once he claims them, you know, they, they start, you know, performing. Uh, and he claims it for himself, too. He himself is the sole owner. Uh, and this horse has gone longer distances than this uh, and has, you know, been on the lead with red numbers as well. Uh, so I'm taking a shot. I, I don't know if the horse is the same. Uh, but I really don't like anybody in this field, and he's probably going to be in the lead. So I mean, this horse, this horse is just absolutely send and just never look back and hope he just lasts. Because you could look at those last two at Lone Star, uh, up by six lengths at one point, up by ten lengths at one point, right out of the gate. It's just go, go, go. Obviously, that was a mile and three eighths and a mile and thirteen sixteenths, which is a little different than what he's running now. But still, this is just go, go, go for Maker. And if he can sit and sit a decent lead, there's no reason why Tatanka 
can't win. Patrick, going to go to you here. Noah has him second. Tiberius Mercurius for Maker. Again, Ray Lou picks up the mount, who's obviously riding very well, as he always does at Fairgrounds. Another kind of go, go, go type for Maker. Yeah, another, yep, exactly. With Ray Lou aboard, who I like in a spot that, you know, the horse is going to be on or near the lead. Um, you know, this seven-year-old is going to be ready to go. Um, you know, th- this is such a, you know, tough spot. Um, I-, I just, you know, I look at the last race, the Kentucky Downs race, I'm going to toss it. Um, you know, a horse just kind of gave way. Um, you know, it gets back to a mile and a 16th, which I, I do think is good. Cause I think this horse is going to sit a pocket trip where, you know, it's not, is going to be on or near the lead, but it's going it might sit right off and be able to pounce. Um, because this distance to me feels like the, the perfect fit, um, in this spot, um, you know, horses, um, you know, never raced at fairground. So I'm not sure how that's going to work, but, uh, you know, hopefully I get at least six to one. Yeah. I mean, look, in, I'll tell you what, this will lead in why I like what I like most about grandpa um, with you want to be outside on this turf course still. Um, you remember last year at fairgrounds oh, where they had that, where they had the turf issue and there's horses running up the outside rail to be yeah. able to finish home. It's not that bad by any means, nowhere close, but um, you still have wanted to be outside out of the 12 turf routes that, um, that they've ran. You want to be over half or sorry, exactly half of them have been won by horses from the seven poster out. So, I mean, small sample size, but still, and almost, almost half of those races have been won from horses coming from the back, which is why what I like most about, um, obviously us a lot as well, but therapist who is the most likely favorite and probably will be favored due to these numbers is just a straight dead closer going a lot longer, which is why I don't necessarily like him too much here. Although he has won it back at Gulfstream going a mile in the 16th and has run very well. Just a matter of does he kind of class up into this field going this short? I think he does. It's just a matter of is the dis is he going to be able to quicken up? Is grandpa going to be able to get those legs working down the lane? If he does, he's probably the best horse in this field by a decent margin. But I went other ways. I went with the number nine, Ocelot, a, a very good improving five-year-old for Carl Broberg and Lannery. The reason, and again, I don't want to harp on Lannery. Look, it, but he, I have much more faith that he's going to be a little bit farther back with Lannery aboard than he would be with someone like Giroux. And so I like the fact that, um, you know, he's probably going to sit somewhere around mid-pack and for horses that are going to come behind... Uh, <laughs> I just saw the comment uh, from behind and the fact that he's improving paired up by our tops, which good friend of the podcast, Matt Bernier, a really good indication that this was might have another step forward in him running these starter allowances at Remington park, but still doing it very well and improving on the numbers. I really like Ocelot to sit a good trip from the outside, maybe too wide coming around the top of the stretch and have first run on a horse like grandpa therapist but ocelot will be my play at a morning line of nine to two um let's see and then patrick and then we all have the number two who we did who we didn't really talk about racecraft i'll kind of throw it to you guys just touch on noah um i'll throw it to you first anything you want to touch on with racecraft who i mean another maker but it has to maybe quicken up a little bit but there's no reason why he can't yeah that's kind of what i kind of what i was thinking um you know mike maker again um 
I would have had him higher. Um, but the thing is, um, I just kind of think he's a synthetic horse. Um, and he won the, uh, the turf race in Kentucky downs. Uh, but I just feel like he still kind of has to prove it to me. And the other thing I wasn't sure about, uh, were the intentions, you know, makers had him, uh, he trained, uh, November 25th at Gulfstream. Uh, so it makes me seem like, you know, he was planning on running there and instead he goes here, he goes here, excuse me. Um, uh, but then again, you know, the, the purse is big, uh, and I'm not one to question, question Michael maker. Uh, so look, you get any more chances he can get to win this race, the better. I mean, look, <laughs> it's a decent purse. And if, I mean, if you have these horses that fit these conditions, why not try and throw them in? Cause I mean, this horse has been very competitive in his previous races granted at the claiming level, but at Kentucky downs claiming level, which we all know is not necessarily, um, you know, your normal claiming level. And he's been running at Goldstream against horses like uh, Fly the W, which is a disgusting reference. But that's a really good Goldstream horse and then has gotten better over the past few uh, months. And the fact that he's coming in probably the best form of this horse's career, there's no reason why Racecraft, Racecraft cannot continue to improve. I'm going 9-11-2. Noah's going 6-8-2. And Patrick's going 8 11 Two guys going to move on right here. And this is the featured race of the day, guys. This is the claiming crown. I know I'm getting rid of it. The claiming <laughs> crown jewel for $200,000. And as I switch over this right now, it's going a mile and eighth on the dirt draws a field of nine. And there's a horse. We'll finally, we can, we can recognize the number two money supply out of the chat, previously out of the Chad Brown barn. Now going to Joe sharp. Jareth Loveberry has the mount at a morning line favorites of five to two. Sakil is your second choice at three to one for Diodoro. And then outside, both of the horses outside to Sakil are all Diodoro and all bring up the rest of their favoritism between Frosty Grace and King's Ovation. Switching over picks right now, guys, and you'll see two of us are going with money supply, but Noah, 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 West Coast bias, odd man out per use. Going with the number four, who actually Patrick and I don't have anywhere. Patrick, we're very similar in this race. But number four, King's Ovation, again, for Diodoro. Um, I I, may, I might be honest. I Maybe I missed something, but I'm interested to hear what you like most about King's Ovation. Yeah, well, number one, it's Diodoro off the claim, which is, you know, a plus. Um, and number two... Um, bring it up right now. There Go is, a, you know, there's a, a decent amount of speed, not a ton, um, and I just think, you know, he's simply the fastest horse in the race. Um, and if you look, uh, the it's form is kind quick, of, no, there's your stat right there off the claim in the mm -hmm. last five years, he's 180 for 742, and that's 20, you know, that's, that's a good 24%, 55% in the money. Not bad stats whatsoever. Yeah. Not bad at all. Uh, if my math is right, that <laughs> means that he doesn't win 76% of the time. But well, um, yeah, you'd be right there, but you're hurting your point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it the the form to me seems a little dirtied up. If you look solely at the races uh where he's got the lead, uh he does very well. Um and I I think he gets the lead in this spot. Um I don't know if there's a ton, you know, suppress him. Um, but I'm gonna trust Diodoro. Uh Ricardo Santana hops on, which is you know, probably one of the most talented jockeys that you know are, are at fairgrounds right now um and i'm gonna you know kind of trust in diodoro's ability to you know get a horse to fire and look a very aggressive rider as well in ricardo santana and that's exactly who you want 
on a horse like this who's going to be gunning for the lead, especially off that last race at Keeneland where he ran basically out of his skin, something that we hadn't seen since July, now pulls it out of his bag in October, coming in to this claiming crown jewel in probably the, the form of his life. So King's Ovation is definitely one to look for if he does end up getting the lead. Patrick, we both have the number two money supply. Again, like I said, previously out of the Chad Brown barn, but that last race, Patrick, was out somewhere where he really has never been before, way out back, and just absolutely flew home. Yeah, that was very impressive for, you know, the way uh, money supply has, um, you know, been uh, riding in the past. Um, you know, obviously he's going to stretch out in distance um, for the first time um, going, you know, ha- did go a mile and an eighth, I should say, um, at Saratoga uh, this past summer. Um, came in second in an allowance race. Um, but I, I just think in this spot, the way money supply is shown, it could uh, it could win in different, you know, facets. I, I really think uh, money supply is going to be tough in this spot and it's going to be bet um, pretty heavily. Yeah, and he will be bet down pretty heavily. There's a lot of horses in here that will take a lot of money. Um, just So I'm not sure what price you might get on money supply. I think 2-1 to one will probably be the lowest you'll see him at. I don't know if I'd want to touch him at 2-1 to because there's a lot of other contenders that could be in here. Yeah. Out of for track for track trends, kind of wise, it's kind of been shared between wire and closers. Courses really near towards the front have had 5 out of 11 wins. And closers had four out of 11 wins. So it's kind of in the middle there. But the one thing to note is, again, out of those 11 races, seven of those wins have come from horses in either the one, two, or three post. Obviously, followed up by three wins in four to six. And only one win has come from outside the set or outside the six gates. So seven, eight, or nine in this spot have only had one, or obviously not in this spot, but you get what I'm saying. Only one horse has won from outside the from the seven post or outside. So money supply fits that narrative. We'll look to be pretty close up to a pace that might not be there. I'm kind of keying on those starter allowances at Saratoga where he was a little bit closer and just lost to Mystical Curlin, who's a decent horse out in New York. So money supply is my top play as well. Patrick, I'm going to throw it to you here, kind of finish out with what, what you're thinking here. You have the number three, Sakil in second, and the number five, the other Diodoro, Frosty Grace in third, who I have in second. I have those two flip-flop. What would you like most about Sakil and Frosty Grace? Yeah, Sakil, I was kind of chasing in Saratoga, actually. Um, you know, that was like opening week. I had the horse, um, you know, in uh, that that was a, a tough spot. And then, you know, comes back in Saratoga at the end of the meet. And again, you know, faces film star, um, and you know, it just was the horse just didn't run too great. Um, and then, you know, gets to Churchill and, um, the horse runs fantastic. So I think the horse is, uh, you know, sitting on another good race. Um, but tactics wise, I'm not sure, you know, what this horse is going to do yeah. because there is other speed. Well, and the other speed, the, I guess the biggest thing to mention is the other speed is also Diodoro. So, yeah. you know, coming right from his outside and number four, who we talked about, I just don't, you know, what what's Robert, what's uh, Diodoro going to say, you know, tactics wise, is he going to have Sakil sit off? Is he just going to have King's Ovation just go and sit off Sakil and just have if those two bring each other out, he has Frosty Grace over the top. You know, it's something along those lines, and it's definitely something to think about. Which, aforementioned, Frosty Grace is the one that's going to be coming from the back, and if it's not the other two Diodoros, could easily be this one as well. 
Patrick, and I'm going to yeah. let you finish up here. Yeah, and that's with the five frosted grace. Yeah. Um, you know, I have this horse underneath because I, I just, you know, I, I don't – I think this horse last out, you know, just – you know, was tiring late. Now it wasn't really sure what was going on in that spot. You know, the horse is seven years old. So you wonder if this horse seems to be, you know, running out of, um, you know, speed in this spot, you know, the buyers have definitely dropped. Um, but I'll give this horse one last chance because you, you look at previous races. Um, if this horse can get back to a buyer in the nineties has a very good chance of winning. If, if he runs anywhere, like he did at Oaklawn, I mean, yeah. he hasn't really shown it since granted he's seven years old now. But, I mean, those races were at seven, too. That 99 buyer, the top of his entire life, came in the spring when he was seven years old. Like, if he runs anywhere near that, Frosted Grace is definitely not to be taken lightly, albeit the buyers have dropped off. And maybe he's kind of, I mean, he's been against, like, Giant Game, Skippy Longstocking, a lot of horses that might just be over his, you know, echelon at this point. Who did He did run in the Claiming Crown Jewel last year, which was held at Churchill, didn't run very well at all. So he comes back into the jewel again, hoping that he can kind of get a little bit better set up. If he gets some type of setup, Frosted Grace could be one to watch out for. Noah, anything you want to touch on? You have the number two who we talked about, money supply and Sakil also in second and third. Anything you want to touch on before you move? Um, yeah, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head with money supply. Um, I, I thought it was between, you know, either money supply or King's Ovation. Um, just with the uh, you know money supply, uh, you see the versatility. Uh, two back, one on the lead, and then the the last race, you know, popped the ninety four and was and very impressive. Yep. Um, I just don't know. You you see a big uh, jump up in buyer like that, uh, and myself uh, included. Uh, you just you know you kind of want to see that again. Um, yep. But uh, the you know, old, definitely uh, the the old Kyle Roscoe angle there. You, you got to <laughs> see it again. Yeah. Um, but you know, those, the last, the three before that, you know, definitely contend with the field. Uh, and then Sakil, for my sake, I hope King's ovation is the one that grabs the lead. Uh, but Sakil, you know, with those improving buyers until he was off for a couple of months, uh, and then, you know, popped at 92, uh, late September, uh, one that's, you know, kind of hard to leave off. I completely agree with you. It almost seems like, I don't want to say it seems moto obvious, but these four horses are definitely going to be hard to beat for me. All West is the horse that I mentioned was also entered in the eighth race. Looks a little slow in this spot compared to the eighth race. So my guess will be he'll go there. Obviously, we don't know for sure. Um, the number six, Biloxi, again, another horse that just looks kind of slow on paper. Looks to sit in that kind of closing stalking spot. So fits the narrative, but not necessarily uh, fast enough on paper. Same thing with First Glimpse. Same thing with Bright Spark. And, um, I mean, Luigi Spirit could continue to improve. Finally showed an 81 last time at Laurel, but this just seems like a completely different task for Luigi Spirit to where he's going to have to improve a lot doing something that he might not, um, you know, especially, and I was talking about track trends as well, being outside is not really where you want to be here. So I just think it almost seems kind of obvious to go two through five here and kind of spread around where you want to play. And that's either doubles or um, anything like that, kind of hark on your opinions and just fire away. I'm going 2-5-3, Noah's going 4-2-3, and Patrick's going 2-3-5. Guys, switching over to the last race, and this race is outside the Claiming Crown. It is an, a state-bred, Louisiana-bred allowance for uh, 53,000 non-winners non of two lifetime, 
and it draws another full field of 12 guys. The field sizes have been fantastic at fairgrounds these first few meets. So kudos to them for filling these cards. Full field of 12, morning line favorite is number five, like this for Ray Lou and Brett Calhoun. Second choice was all the way to the outside, number 12, King's Loot for, uh, I believe it's Charlie McMahon. I might be wrong on that. I apologize. And then um, the number six, Comanche Warrior, um, Devin Terry. So nine, at nine to two, guys, going to switch over the picks right now. We're all over the board in this race, guys. You know, I mean, I have a horse on top. You guys have no – wait, those are not my picks. That's – okay, I screwed up there. That's why that, that wasn't the case. Noah, I'm actually with you again here. Um, mm. I have the number six on top. I have six, 12, five in this spot. Sorry about that, guys. But um, Patrick, again, uh, not originally, but now odd man out. What would you like most about the number seven? Malaki Empire at – Eight to one, which is a nice price. Yeah, nice price. Um, listen, I, uh, I'm gonna be honest. This this spot has this you know race t- you know was really tough for me. Um, you know, I, I look at this um, this horse now with the trainer uh, Shane Wilson. Um, you know, the horse has been um, the morning line favorite in all three spots. Um, the horse has finally won um, with the trainer now. Um, and, and has been working very well since its last race on the 3rd of September. Um, I expect a buyer to jump in this spot. Um, tactically, I think this horse is going to sit off the pace. Um, you know, it has done that in pretty much every every spot. Um, you know, to be honest, I, you know, I'm not really confident. I just think that this horse at a price um, might run uh, bigger than, um, you know, the um, – Outrun his odds is what you're basically yeah, saying. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're good. Um, you know the way this horse is run should outrun its odds at a in a spot that's wide open. Yeah, no way. Old man needs to sleep. I get it. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming over from state bred at both you know Louis, uh, Louisiana Downs and Evangeline Downs down there in Louisiana. You know, you never really can know. And you know, we're going from horses that are running in you know hundred and fifty thousand dollars stakes versus to and a non-winners of two lifetime Louisiana state bread. You're going to see the drop in quality, sadly, but that last race could eat. And if he improves out that last race, definitely good enough to win in a spot like this, where there's not too many other contenders. Noah, me and you are actually both going with Comanche warrior. Um, David Terry. I think I said Devin on accident, David Terry. Um, these, I mean, those numbers completely fit that last race, maybe just a little bit too long for him. I think the cutback a little, um, the less of that half furlong I think is going to really help him. Yeah. Well, it just looks like, you know, he was a, a, you know, an improving three-year-old, you know, always a concern when a horse has, you know, been off for a while. Um, But I just think, you know, with the natural uh, improvement and then what kind of, you know, stuck out to me uh, were those last two works, you know, he he had the bullet on November 13th and then, you know, a a minute flat and, and two fifths uh on the 24th um so if that's you know reflecting where this horse is at uh you know uh talent wise um one that's you know gonna should get uh some pace to run at uh depending on you know if you know horses in this field show speed like they have before um you know i'm i can't say that i'm super familiar with these connections but you know based off of numbers and what i've seen with the horse i'm gonna take a shot and it looks like you are as well 
Yeah, I am. And, you know, that nice 92 price, maybe we'll get it, maybe we won't. But I completely agree with you. The other one thing I wanted to point out was the works, and you hit on it right away. Just if, um, minute flat, minute flat, back-to-back workouts makes me think that this horse is ready to go. And we might get, might get a price coming off that pretty long layoff. So I'm really hoping that we get somewhere near that 92 and can get David Terry off the bump uh, on in this fairgrounds meet. Patrick, I'm going to let you finish up here. You have number six, Comanche Warrior, and the number five, like this, who's the morning lane favorite. Anything you want to touch on with those two before I'll move um, to my final two and move on? Yeah, I'll talk about the five, um, like this, uh, for uh, Ray Lou. You know, I, I think this horse, um, you know, is pretty speed. Um, and, and Ray Lou had this horse uh, last out, um, you know, at the fairgrounds. And, you know, this horse was, you know, on the pace in a uh, pretty fast space. Uh, fra- wow, I'm, I'm losing it tonight. It's very fast. And I, I just think this horse, um, you know, might be the speed of the speed, um, yep. and, you know, and could just, you know, like you guys talk about, you know, wire this field, uh, this field. I mean, we always talk about it, right? Is that horses in this type of condition don't necessarily like to pass too much. And that's the one thing, no, I noticed with Comanche Warriors. He's one of the few that actually can rate and can sit back. This last race proved it for me. And you can argue, you know, 50,000 non-wars or two. It's basically the same thing. But coming over to Fairgrounds where he's run well before is where I landed with Comanche Warrior. Um, I have the 12. I'll talk about it real quick. And then, no, I'll let you touch on anything with the 8 real quick. Um, King's loot. It was between the six, the 12 and the eight for me for kind of this underneath spot, but the 12 has just been running in state bred staked races and been doing it very well, kind of stepping back into a condition where he almost kind of belongs in, you know, a non-winners of two broke his maiden and then has run well has had uh, three out of five in the money finishes in these Louisiana and the Louisiana stakes. Uh, a lot of them coming from uh, two years old, and then ran one at three years old, lost by 12, and hasn't been seen since. Um, the works aren't the best, but Carl Woodley has done well over the past five years with his layoff runners. So King's Loot is where I landed um, for third. But seven, to, I will not be willing to touch this horse at seven to two. He can beat me at that low of a price. But Noah, real quick, anything you want to say about the number eight, Gutsy, who you have in second at eight to one? Yeah, yeah. Um... I was a little interested in Gutsy. I don't know if, if he's really, you know, a, a win contender. Um, but you, you look at his races, um, you know, he, he, that 73 is higher than any horse has ever run in this field. Uh, and that was at fairgrounds. You kind of look at his, as his fairgrounds form. Um, and it's, you know, been pretty good in comparison to this field. Um, so maybe not necessarily on the win end, but the horses, uh, you know, like I said, only, one for 17 on the win end, but is, you know, nine for 17 in the money. Uh, and six of those have been at fairgrounds. Uh, so, you know, the, the horse hasn't really uh, run back to that, but, you know, maybe hope, hopefully uh, the horse, you know, gets back to a surface that he likes. He can kind of, you know, show what he's shown before. Completely agree with you. Like I said, this race is probably the most wide open out of all of them. And we can always say, you know, it looks straightforward on paper with the, you know, three logical horses, but especially underneath, you can get a lot of horses that maybe don't necessarily show that they can rate. Obviously, Gutsy is one of those in those very, in those far back races last year at Fairgrounds. Um, I mean, running in this type of same condition that he's running in today and hasn't won since, but underneath, obviously, a horse who's one for 17 
but nine for 17 and the money you always look to play underneath rather than on top. I'm going six, 12, five. Noah's going six, eight, five, and Patrick's going seven, six, five guys moving over to our best bets here. And Patrick, I'll let you go first. You have the number in race number. Um, why don't I have the race number in there? Tobias Mercurius is the num- is the, the ninth. eighth race, ninth race, ninth race, yep. ninth race. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know why I don't have the race number in there. I must have deleted it. Race number nine, winning number eight, Tiberius Mercurius in race number ten, a double singling money supply, and into the last race six seven. Patrick, talk about your best bets. Yeah, you know, uh, Tiberius Mercurius. Um, you know, th- this horse. You know, I I just think this horse at the the price that it's going to be at um, is going to run big. And like I said earlier, should sit a uh, nice trip, uh, you know, at a good price. And, you know, I'm looking at that last race at Kentucky Downs and throwing that away. And I think the source um, will run well on Saturday. And then in the 10th, I have the uh, the double uh, with the two uh, money supply uh, for Joe Sharp. And then into the ninth, which is the six and the seven, um, two horses that will be uh, longer odds. So I'm looking to, in a race that's wide open in the 11th, hopefully one of those two um, will come in first. And that double should probably pretty well on Saturday. That's, that's what I was going to say was, you know, going into a race like the 11th rather than coming in from the ninth to the 10th, you yeah. might get better price just because that money will be spread out to other places. So good luck with your best bets, Patrick. Uh, Noah, your best bets, race number nine, reverse key, the number six, Tatanka, who we talked about on top, and race number 10, a win on number four, King's Ovation. Noah, talk about your best bets. Yeah, with uh, race nine, um, you know, there's there's four makers, uh, and Tatanka is the, the longest price of the makers. Um, other, 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 other makers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I'm just kind of what we touched on, um, or what I touched on, I'm just kind of hoping that James Graham, you know, just sends um and you know sees if he can hold on uh there's you know horses in there that are old you don't you don't you know know if they've still got it um so that's kind of my thinking there and then race 10 um i got the win on king's ovation who's off the claim for deodoro uh it looked like uh trish smith uh yeah really like this horse as well you know us uh lexington kentucky folk you know we're, we're kind of thinking the <laughs> same thing um you know, another horse that I, I hope is going to be, you know, on the lead or if not forwardly placed. Um, yeah, there you go. So, uh, you know, if if you had to give a theme for, you know, my my best bets, they would be if they have the lead halfway through the race, they got a shot. Yeah, I mean, look, absolutely. <laughs> and anywhere like that, I think great King's Ovation is a great best bet. And then we, you know, we always been talking about some horse like Tatanka who's just going to go out for the lead and just absolutely send. And if he can hold on for second or third at a good price of like 10, 12 to one, that's a great way to play the reverse key. Try Noah. Good luck with your best bets as well. Um, For me guys in race number eight, I'm going with the number eight solidify who both Noah and I liked on top. I wouldn't be willing to go anywhere lower than five to one in a field like that. Cause while there is a lot of speed, um, it's just kind of the fact where I'm playing this off of track trend and the fact that um, I think a pace is going to materialize. If it doesn't, I wouldn't be willing to bet on a horse that has to be running into um, a very, uh, not a very hot pace where they've kind of needed it uh, to be a little bit quicker in the past. So number eight solidify at five to one is what I'll be willing to take in race number nine. I'm going with the number nine who I talked about as my top pick Ocelot paired with grandpa therapist and into money supply who Patrick and I have both liked as our top pick. 
in the 10th race who looks to sit a very good trip. But guys, I mean, look, how about that timing, huh? 57 minutes on the dot going pretty well rather than our 50, uh, you know, our 30-minute shows that we've seen in the past, although last week was for a special occasion. And I'll give one more crack at Charlie for that one for not showing his face. I said I would show my face if I lost, but man lost, and he is in here again. Of course, he has a final, I know, but we're giving him we're giving him what he deserves in a day like this. I want to see if it would cover your face. <laughs> but anyway, guys, that is going to do it for us on the Fairgrounds Claiming Crown late pick five on Friday. Of course, it is a full uh, full card with eight stakes races all through the Claiming Crown to get their share of $1 million. But of course, we are covering the late pick five. If you want to take a look at um, and uh, all the other races, they'll be posted, of course, to my Twitter at AP Roscoe K. Sorry, my X, of course, my fault at AP Roscoe K. Patrick and Noah also post their picks sometimes as well. So be sure to follow them over there. For my co host, Patrick Kunstel and Noah Maher, this has been your host, Kyle Roscoe, in episode 51 of Bet and Booze and covering Fairgrounds Claiming Crown late pick five for Saturday, December 2nd. Take care, everybody. Crush your bets and have a good night.